Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 227. And, you know, before the end of last year, I told you all that we had created a survey for you guys. Believe it or not, we had not checked in with you, the awesomes, to find out more about you since all the way back in 2017. That was last decade, you guys. <laughs> so we created some surveys to get a better sense of who you are and what you are into right now, especially as it pertains to Sorta Awesome as we're planning out 2020 for you guys. So we were going to have those surveys closed before the end of the year, but we decided, you know what? It's the holidays. People get distracted. People get busy. So we're going to keep these surveys open until January 13th. So if you haven't done it yet, we would love for you to take a few minutes of time. Go to sortofawesomeshow.com slash survey. Let us know about you, about who you are and what you would love to see from Sorta Awesome. And as a way to say thank you for filling out these surveys, we have some Amazon gift cards that we're going to be giving away to people who take the time to do the survey. So again, just takes a few minutes, go over to sortaawesomeshow.com slash survey, and it will help us so much. All right. Welcome back. We're back. We're back. This is episode 227. Happy New Year, awesomes. We're so excited to be back. In fact, I'm so excited because joining me today is one of my very favorite people on the whole planet every single year. She's one of my very favorite people. Sort of awesome regular, my sister, Emily Harris. Emily, hello. Hello, and happy new year. Happy New Year to you. So thankful to have gotten through the holidays, which were not our merriest ever. My whole family got, well, we had the flu. Yes. <laughs> whole holiday. Yep. Christmas so, was canceled. <laughs> Christmas was canceled. It was the most low-key, sad little Christmas ever. <laughs> we had to cancel our plans with Emily. My kids call her Aunt Mimi. They were so bummed about that. And also, Emily, we figured out that in all of our early 40s years on this planet, this was the first Christmas we'd ever spent apart. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Oh. You know, when Rebecca was sharing on a holiday confessions episode that she's always had Christmas at her parents' house, right. so I was like, oh, that's so wonderful and charming. I don't know, you know, how that could ever work. But then when we realized, oh my gosh, we've spent every Christmas yes. together somehow, some way. Yes someplace right. <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> so that was a bummer, but we were all better now. We're well, and we're back in the swing of things. And here it is the new year. So Emily, thank you for taking the time to come back to Sorta Awesome. We have some really great new year inspiration for you guys. We want to talk about how you can make a little change now at the beginning of the year, and it's going to hopefully help you to have a better, awesome year, a more awesome in 2020. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But before we do, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. You guys know this is the moment in the show when we take the time to talk about, oh, the books, TV shows, maybe movies or podcasts or products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome right now. Emily, I can't wait to hear what you brought for this very first episode of 2020. 
All right. So my awesome of the week is a very awesome product called the Makeup Eraser. The makeup eraser yes. is. Did you get this in your possibly in maybe your facet? I did. Box? I got it in my winter box, and actually, it's also available on Amazon if anybody's interested. Hmm. For those of you that don't know what a makeup eraser is, it is a patented cloth. It's got short fibers on one side and long fibers for exfoliation on the other side, and it truly is an all-over makeup eraser. It is amazing. It's just this little pink cloth, very simple looking, but man, does it do a mighty job with makeup erasing. It's so cool. I have not used ours because every time we get a fun box, my 12-year-old, AJ, mm-hmm. loves to quote-unquote help me sure. <laughs> open yeah. those. And she picks through and sees what she might like. And this time she was like all over that makeup eraser. So she grabbed it. I haven't even had a chance to use it yet. (laughs) But now that she's wearing makeup, because she's a middle schooler, she's very mature Mm -hmm. now. She was like all over that. So it's like a pink cloth, right? It's a pink cloth. Like I said, on one side, you do the makeup erasing. It's so simple. You put it in warm water, like as warm as you can get it. And then you just, you know, you just use it like a face wipe, basically. And then, you know, the other side is for exfoliating. Now, I don't think a lot of our listeners know this, but you know that in mid-October, I started using Retin-A again. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. So this is about the fourth time I used it a lot when I was in middle school and high school. This is probably the fourth time that I've done a treatment with Retin-A. And I think I'm going to try to stick with it long-term this time. Very cool. Yes. So, you know. You showed me the subreddit of Tretinoin, which is a generic version of Retin-A. And there are so many tips and tricks, you know, Q&As all over the place about, you know, how to use Retin-A or another Tretinoin. And, you know, I was a little hesitant to use the exfoliating side because when you use a product like Retin-A, you don't really need an exfoliator. So I just went right on that subreddit and asked them and they're like, you know, you could probably use it once a week and not really get, you know, any more dryness or irritation from it. And that's what I've been doing. And it is a great product. So fun. And truly, Emily, you have been sending me progress pictures and updates on the way of your skin back on Retin-A. You look fantastic. So good job on that. And I'm so glad to know, I mean, there is a whole subreddit dedicated to it because apparently you know, it can be a little bit complicated in terms of just getting everything just right for your skin so that you're not having a lot of irritation right. and those kinds of issues, yes, right? absolutely. I mean, you guys, there's a subreddit for everything in this world that you can think of. And there's some subreddits that shouldn't even exist, but they're yes. there. This is true. <laughs> I love Reddit so much. So I'm so glad that was helpful. And I'm so glad to know that the makeup eraser is really very it awesome. Is. All right, let's hear yours. Okay, so my Awesome of the Week this week is something that I actually have been enjoying for a few weeks now. It is a new perfume, and it's from one of these small, independent perfume houses that I've discovered in the past few months. So I'm going to tell you the name of it, and then I just want to talk a little bit about why I'm loving this one in particular. So this perfume is called Snowmint Mallow, and it is from the perfume house Solstice Scents. So back in the fall, I mentioned on our fall list that I was actually getting back into perfume again for the first time in a long time because I had stopped wearing perfumes altogether because so many of them gave me headaches, which I think you have the same problem too. I do. I've tried so many perfumes and the headache game is just too much. I felt the same way. 
But then I discovered that there are a lot of independent perfume makers who are using really super high quality ingredients. And for whatever reason, I'm able to wear a lot of these as opposed to like the perfumes you might get at your local department store beauty counter. So anyway, this is one of them. Solstice Scents, I love every single scent I've tried from there. One thing that she does that's super great is you can order sets of samples because of course, when you're trying out a perfume, you don't know if you want to spend 20 or 40 or $60 on a bottle of perfume that you've never smelled, right. just based on what the internet description says of it. So she does these little samples. So this was one I got in a sample set. And as soon as I smelled it, I was like, oh, this one's for me for <laughs> yeah. sure. So the notes in Snowmint Mallow are peppermint, vanilla cake, flaked coconut, sugar cookies, and marshmallow cream. Oh, that sounds that perfect. That sounds so delicious. Yes. So when you first spray this on, you get that top note of peppermint. That's, it's the kind of peppermint that's like candy cane peppermint. Okay. Like, oh my goodness. Smells like a candy cane, but since that's the top note, it kind of evaporates fairly quickly. Uh And then you're left with these middle and and bottom notes that are really heavy with the sugar cookie and marshmallow and vanilla cake. So this is what's called a gourmand scent because it's food-based. And, you know, food-based ones can be a little hit and miss for me. But here in the middle of winter, when we've got brisk, cold air, having this on is just, oh, it's so dreamy and so snuggly and so comfy cozy. And I have just been super loving it. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. I did not think that I would get so into perfumes, but towards the end of last year, I really, really have. So I may be sharing some more perfume scents throughout the year as Awesomes of the Week, but I really super love this one. I would not wear this one probably in the summer. I just think it would be a little bit too heavy with the sweetness. Right. But here in the middle of winter, it just feels like the perfect winter scent. So I've been really loving it. Well, good deal. Totally. So that is my awesome of the week this week. Emily has shared hers. So we're going to put links in the show notes. I will link to Solstice Scents in general and then to Snowmint Mallow, the one I've been loving. But you guys, I've sampled a lot of theirs and it's a great perfume house. So I hope you'll look through and check out and see if you can find one that you like too. So those are our awesomes of the week this week. We will put links in the show notes. And, you know, we are always wondering what is awesome in your life. I know Emily and I both have had things come into our lives that we basically just kind of picked up from you all. Yes. (laughs) From the Awesome of the Week thread. I think so many of us have things that are great in our lives that we're like, you know, I heard about this from another awesome. So if you haven't joined us on Instagram, we would love to have you join us over there. Every Friday, we're talking about everything awesome in our lives on the Awesome of the Week thread. And we are at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram. And you guys, if you have not joined us in our Facebook community, Maybe January 2020 is the time for you to do that. There are over 5,000 amazing, incredible, kind-hearted, smart, wise women in this group on Facebook. And I have learned so much. We are constantly teaching each other, sharing wisdom with each other, and of course, talking about our awesomes of the week. So if you haven't joined us over on Facebook, we really would love to have you over there at Facebook. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. All right, Emily. So here we are. It's yes. the start of a new year. How do you feel about January? What scale of one to 10? One being it's the absolute abomination of the calendar. 10 being you wish you could camp out here. Where are you on the scale for January? Well, I would say that I'm a five. I'm kind of neutral about it. And okay. here's why. I never feel like January is the new year because I'm a teacher. Like I'm such on a school calendar. I feel like August is the new year. Like I do new school year resolutions like crazy, but like 
when January comes around, I'm like, mm, you know, take it or leave it. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of neutral about it. That's fair. I totally get it. In fact, you and I actually have done an yes. episode where we did, let's set our new right. school year resolutions <laughs> because that's more in line with your calendar. That totally right. makes sense. I get it. I myself, I do love January. I do have to say I did hate it when I was teaching though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because it was like the month that yep. never ended, never. And there was like mm -hmm. no breaks in there and it just went on and on. So no, I, I totally yes. get your neutral feeling about it. I will say for me, I love January because I love a fresh start. You I do, love you always have. Yes. I have. I think maybe just because I need, <laughs> need a lot of start overs and do overs in my life is what you're very kindly saying. <laughs> no, but truly, I do love January because it is a chance to kind of start fresh, get a clean slate. I will say, though, one thing I don't like about January, especially at the very beginning of the month, is you open up like your email inbox or your social media feeds, and everybody is all about, hey, New year, new you. Let's radically change your life in the year to come and all of this stuff. And, right. you know, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And sometimes you may even not feel like you need to change your whole life. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like it, there's so much pressure with New Year's resolutions, whether it's losing weight or buying a gym membership and, and not using it. But I just mm -hmm. feel like it's just too much. Exactly. I'm the same way. As much as I love January and I love all of the, you know, sort of setting your intentions for the year. I do think it can be a little too much sometimes. And plus, it just feels like a lot of work. And I will genuinely say, this is a year where I feel like because we were so sick towards the end of the year, I have not gotten to do all of my usual like end of year right. reflection and look back and journaling and all of that stuff. Like we were so deeply in right. survival mode. Right. That now I'm kind of like just waking up and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's a mess. I haven't done anything. So I kind of need this to be a year where it's like a low-key oh, start to the year, if that makes any sense. So as we were talking about this episode, this thought came to me. And you guys, this was genuinely, genuinely hashtag shower thoughts. I was in the shower the other morning. I was thinking about this episode and how we want to start out sort of awesome this year. And for some reason, I remembered that years ago, I was listening to an episode of the Startup Podcast, which I've mentioned a few times on here because Startup Podcast was Alex Bloomberg telling the story of how they started Gimlet Media, which is a podcast company. Alex Bloomberg is one of my mentors. He doesn't know <laughs> that, but he's one of my <laughs> podcasting mentors. And so I've always been super interested in his perspective on running a podcast company. And I remember this was, you know, probably a year after they started Gimlet, they were having a conversation on the show about what it takes to build a company's culture. And so Alex Bloomberg was talking to a business coach and they were talking about corporate culture, company culture, kind of as like a three-legged stool. And if any of those legs on that stool is broken or missing, right. then the stool is not going to work right. And so they talked about the three legs of a stool for building the culture of your company is strong leadership that really believes in and lives out the vision for the company. And then who you as a company, who you hire and who you fire. In fact, the circumstance of this conversation was that they were realizing they're going to, they'd hired a bunch of really great people 
but they're going to have to let some people go because they just like weren't a good mm -hmm. fit for Gimlet for the company. And I was thinking about that episode and how that really, we could take that idea of those three different parts of a company's culture and really translate it to a real life application. And this is how we sort of came up, you and I talking back and forth with this idea that really, if we want to make a small change in our life to try to have a more awesome year in 2020, that we can boil this down into three really, really simple steps. And I think this is so important because I was thinking about this quote from John C. Maxwell, who has a ton of stuff about productivity and how we can make change in our life. And he wrote, you'll never change your life until you change oh. something you do daily. Yes. Isn't that so good? You'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. Because I think we think about like, oh, I got to change my life. I got to go like, I got to sell all my stuff and move to, you know, Malaysia or, right. you know, do something really radical. But he's saying, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. And then he says, the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. So just thinking about what can we do? How can we look at three simple steps to change you guys, not our whole lives, but just mm -hmm. one area of our lives? in the pursuit of a more awesome 2020. So I kind of want to take this first one and I'm really going to lean okay. heavily on you and your expertise here, Emily, because I really feel like that first thing, the idea of having good, strong leadership, it really comes down to you have to, every single one of us, if we are looking at an area in our life that we want to tweak, that we want to bring some change to, we have to understand that we alone are the yes. boss of that area. And we have to like step up and be willing to be a leader in this part of our lives. We have to really own the fact like I am the boss of this thing. And now I need to right. like really act like a boss in this. You are a longtime veteran teacher, but not only in the classroom, you also have your master's in education administration, whether you had a really heavy focus in your uh, postgraduate right. work on leadership in the classroom. And now you're a department chair. You've put it into application in so many ways. So I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about some thoughts on this idea of like, what does it mean to be a good leader? And how do you know, like, if you're kind of encountering something where you haven't really been a boss in a certain area? Right. So I was thinking about this as we were preparing and talking about the show. And, you know, a scenario came to me. This was probably over 10 years ago. I was definitely not the veteran teacher I am today. This was in a school district that I had been in the early <laughs> 2000s. And I had this student who was just being so disruptive in class. And I went through all of the tips and tricks mm -hmm. that I had in that teacher bag and, you know, tried to contact the parents. And, you know, the parents were kind of a little passive about, you know, how to address the issue. And then all of a sudden, one day, mom wanted to have a meeting with her there, me and the student there. and. When she first requested this meeting, I kind of got into panic mode. Like I kind of went into like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Mm. What's she going to tell me that I'm sure. wrong? Like I just felt so defensive. And then I was talking to this teacher about it and he was like, listen, yeah. you need to understand that like you're in control of this classroom and what goes on in this classroom. He was like, you're taking such a passive approach to it. And rather than being proactive, you're being reactive to it. And he was like, I want you... He actually turned into a mentor oh, somehow, yeah. like an unofficial mentor to me. He said, I want you to go in that meeting. Mm. The first thing out of your mouth, I want you to say, I am so glad that we are all able to get together and just hash out what's going on in here so that we can, you know, I always use the word Johnny. I always use the name Johnny. 
and Susie. Yeah. So the <laughs> little Johnny. I know. Poor Johnny what? and Susie. They Curiously. always aligned. They're oh, always the bad kids. Oh, goodness. So that Johnny can be, you know, successful in the classroom. And that is exactly what I did. I went in there and I owned it and I was proactive and I was assertive. I think that's probably when I learned how to start being assertive and standing up for myself. And, you know, at the Mm. end of the meeting, like it was such a good meeting. At the end of the meeting, I said, okay, Johnny, you need to understand that if A, B, and C continue to happen, then X, Y, Z is going to happen. But if you can behave yourself and just do what you're supposed to do in here, then you get to stay in my class. And I said, that's really what it comes down to. And he and mom were both in agreement, And then we didn't have any problems the rest of the year. Right. So. But you had to go through that mindset shift of Johnny's behavior problems are happening to me and happening, you know, like it's just like this force that I don't have much say in to shifting your mindset to, no, wait a second. The responsibility for leading this classroom falls on my shoulders. So I need to step up and convey, like, I am the boss of this classroom and this is how this is going to play out. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been in districts where, you know, there's like a culture with a vision and the mission. Then there's like a subculture, you know, like where, say, you know, parents get the last word or whatever, you know. If I try to stick to that main culture in the Mm. vision, Mm -hmm. you know, and do that in an assertive way, you know, I feel like it's just really going to end up in positive student and faculty outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because you and I, okay, you guys, sorry, just like heads up. I'm going to start talking about some personality stuff. Yes. (laughs) You knew it was going to happen. It's inevitable. But you and I are both, as we look at the Enneagram, you're an Enneagram four and I'm a nine. We are both what's mm-hmm. considered to be part of the withdrawing types. Four, five, and nine are withdrawing types. So we like by nature, by instinct, kind of want to withdraw away right. from people to sort of sort things out. So what you were saying about that situation, like <laughs> I relate so hard <laughs> because I also, you know, when things are happening that I'm not okay with, tend to withdraw and recede back instead of like you were talking about, instead of finding that assertive energy to press into the situation. And so it's so interesting that you brought that up because I know there are people who are listening right now who are more of, they're not withdrawing at all. They are more of the like aggressive energy and not aggressive in a bad way, but they're just like, really, they are totally comfortable with pushing forward into a situation with their energy. And so they may be listening to us talking about, well, we've got to really like just change that mindset and own the fact that we're the boss. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm the boss <laughs> of every single so thing true. <laughs> And so even if you are one of those people, just hang with us for this step, because for some people being assertive, being proactive, being a problem solver, that comes really supernaturally to you. And so this first step may be you know, a piece of cake for you to like, really be like, right. okay, I'm the boss of this. And this is how this is going to go. For others of us, it takes some internal inward work to really believe like, okay, in this situation, this area of my life, I am the boss. It's on me. I'm going to be the boss of this. We kind of have to psych ourselves up. Don't you think? Well, yeah, it's not only just like talking yourself into it, but it takes practice. And the first time you do it, it may not go the way that you expect it to go. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, keep trying, get back on that bike and do it again. And then it'll start to feel natural. Like, I don't feel like I was a natural born leader. I don't believe in natural born leaders. I believe that leaders are made and more often than not, they're self-made. 
And so I've had to kind of grow into what I am, Mm. you know, today. So absolutely. Right. I love that. Well, here in a little bit, after we talk through these three steps, Emily and I are going to give some examples of some areas in our life that we want to bring change to in 2020. So we'll get there in just a minute. But the next thing, so once you like really own the fact you are the boss, what you have to realize and what I have to realize is that being the boss means sometimes you have to fire people. Now, in this context, I want us to think beyond like firing people. As we are thinking about three simple steps to really have an awesome year, what are beyond people? Because that can get a little dicey. Right. <laughs> sometimes there actually are people, there are friendships, relationships, whatever that we need to let go of. And that's a whole thing that may be part of this process. But sometimes it's also just like a habit that you have, a belief or a mindset that you have, a practice that you have taken up over time that as you're assessing, okay, if I'm the boss, who here needs to go? Right. (laughs) And you're looking at all of the variables in this situation. Sometimes there are things that need to be fired. And it may not even be an inherently bad thing. A lot of times I think when we're thinking about the one doing the firing, we think about a negative thing that we need to kick to the curb and get out of our lives. And certainly, right, certainly that is true sometimes. But Sometimes it's just something that's not a good fit. A personal slash sort of awesome example of this is over last summer, just a few weeks before Nico was born, we sort of awesome were, I guess you could say fired. (laughs) Fired from, released from, parted ways with the podcasting advertising network that we were with, that we'd been with for two years at the time. This was something that I was not anticipating at all. And it was pretty uh, gnarly it timing. Was hard. Yes, absolutely. And so, absolutely. Yeah, in the moment, it was really hard to have to part ways right. with this company. But I will not downplay the fact that over the summer, it was very difficult to have that situation come up yes. as we were bringing home a new baby. But in retrospect, now I can look back and see this was actually a really positive thing for Sort of Awesome. It has some positive benefits on the income side of things. It's allowed us some more freedom that we didn't have before. It genuinely has worked out for the best, even though the timing was terrible. And so just thinking about that, as you're thinking about what in my life, if I want to make a little tweak to my life, or if I want to make even a pretty big change in my life, what do I need to let go of? Don't like get in the mindset that it's going to be something that is on the surface bad for you. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. So Here's a perfect example. You know, when I stopped drinking four and a half years ago, there were songs that I couldn't listen to. Mm. There were places I couldn't go anymore. And those places and those songs were not inherently bad. Right. But for that new time in my sobriety, I needed to just get rid of those things, quote unquote, fire those things in my life. Exactly. That's such a perfect example. So, yes. So step two. So step one is we're going to be the boss of something. Step two is we're going to survey, you know, everything on the table and figure out what needs to be fired here. (laughs) And then the last thing is, okay, any teacher or productivity person who talks about habits talks about the importance of if you get rid of, and I'm using habits as an example, but the concept is really universal. If you get rid of something, you need to fill it, fill that void, fill that space with something positive or something that, you know, maybe is a new habit you want to do, put into place, whatever. You got to fill that space that's left behind by what you just fired. And so Absolutely. this is such a great way, I think, to be proactive, like you were talking about. Yes. And bringing in things that are going to help you move the needle a little bit, move a little bit further down the road 
with what it is you want to do. And this can be really overwhelming too, to think about, don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. But if you just remember to start small, right? you know, even in this aspect, I think it's more manageable. I think so too. I really do. So, you know, thinking about hiring something, this could be literally a person you bring into your life, an actual human being. Right. (laughs) So maybe it's hiring a housekeeper for the first time to come in and take care of some stuff that you are like, if I want to accomplish this thing in my life, then I'm going to need some support. And that support's going to look like a housekeeper or maybe childcare. Maybe it's hiring a therapist, Emily. Like maybe. Uh, Yes. Yep. Maybe this is the year that you look at, okay, here's a change that needs to happen in my life. I need some support and I need some professional help. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. But it could also be, you know, just thinking about every decision you make as a hiring decision, like, okay, what podcast am I going to listen to? I hope sort of Austin stays on that list, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) What books am I going to read? Here's an important one that I actually meant to mention to you when we were talking about who you're going to fire. What social media accounts are you going to follow? Right. I cannot even tell you how big of a change this makes in my experience of like what my mindset is about the world. I last year, yeah, I'll just say last year, I kind of started a little bit before that. I started unfollowing social media accounts that made me feel bad about my body, about my skin, about my age, and about what my home looks like. And I started really intentionally following accounts that are either neutral about those things or are, you know, overtly like body positive, aging positive, have like a really real life aesthetic to them instead of everything being really perfectly manicured, which there's nothing wrong with those accounts. Like you were just saying for my mindset, right? I need to hire accounts <laughs> that don't stress <laughs> me out and that don't make me feel bad about, you know, the fact that seven people live in this house and it gets a little messy around the corners and right. don't check the floorboards, please, because who knows the last time they were dealt with. <laughs> so yeah, so those are, that's to me, like the hiring thing. Like you said, I think starting small is so important that really being intentional about thinking about these decisions that we're making and like, what am I hiring this thing to do in my life? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And it can be anything. It can be a person, place, or thing. It can be a whole concept. It can be, you know, an idea. I mean, yeah, don't limit it to just people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to share with you some things that we are thinking, okay, this is the year I want to make this happen in my life. Yes. Okay. So Emily, you have something that you've decided like, okay, here's a little change I want to make in my life. And why don't you tell us what the thing is and walk us through what this is going to look like for you. All right. So this may sound super trivial and little and I don't know, but I'm doing it. I don't care. So I want to get better at oral hygiene habits. Ooh, said the dentist's yeah. daughter. Yes, said the dentist's daughter. Who does not floss? Well, this dentist's daughter doesn't either, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you want to improve your oral habits and health. Yes, so here's a little bit about of a backstory. You know, teachers have, usually teachers, and this is very true in my case, we have very good health insurance. I have very good dental insurance. However, I use my dental insurance benefits every year. I use them all up. Mm -hmm. I get at least one cavity filled a year. 
I have root canals. I have crowns put in. I'm also a little bit vain about my teeth. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and admit that. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I know I probably have gingivitis. You know, you and I were not blessed with good genes in the teeth area. No, we were not. We are very predisposed. We are. We are. We are very predisposed to tooth decay and we are very defensive Mm -hmm. about that topic when talking to our parents. Yes. You know, so I feel like this is just one little area that I need to get better at, you know, and doing those little things like using my water pick regularly again will really cut down on time and spent in the dental chair. Right. So, okay. So you're going to be the boss of it. Yes. And, and own the fact like my whole mouth situation. <laughs> yes. My teeth are my responsibility. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to <laughs> be the boss because nobody else is going to step in and be the boss in this area. Yes. I mean, I hope not. That would be creepy and weird. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> it's on you. Okay. So firing wise, right? what are you thinking? Okay. This is the hard part. Okay. I don't know if I've said this to you, but... Well, you know this about me. I like candy a lot. <laughs> you do love candy. You and AJ. I have, a, I have a sugar addiction. I'm totally willing to admit that. I am not willing to address that yet. <laughs> That's a lot harder than taking care of your teeth. Okay, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But I snack on candy a lot, especially when I'm at school. And that is a habit that I'm going to have to fire. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one. It is. And it's a pretty big deal. So I'm going to try to do it gradually. Okay. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a plan yet. And I go back to school on Monday. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's a pretty big firing decision right there. Firing candy. Yes. But it is something that you have enjoyed as a snack and, you know, probably even just like a comfort food at right. this point right. for a long time. So that's a big firing decision for sure. Yes. Hiring wise, what is this going to look like? Do you think? Okay. So I always brush my teeth twice a day minimum, Mm -hmm. but I think what I start doing is brushing them after I eat lunch. At school? Yes. At school. It'll take two minutes. I have some flexibility in the middle of the day with my cleaning period and lunch being, you know, at the same time. So I think that's totally a doable step. So that is something that I'm going to bring on. And then also, like I said, I'm not flossing I do have a very good water pick. I totally believe in water picks. They're so good. And I'm going to start using that. Maybe not at first, maybe not every day, Okay, but definitely every other day. This sounds like a very good plan for success. It really does. Okay, good. That's encouraging. Yes. I think we should check back in like three months and see how we're doing on these things. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Let's hear it. The issue that I want to change that I would really, really like to see a change in our daily routines in the next six months, especially is I want to conquer the chaos of our mornings, especially school mornings. Okay. So it's a situation where I feel like, okay, I have never really (laughs) fully recovered from two major things. Um, Having a fifth child (laughs) (laughs) top of the list. And then secondly, the fact that our neighborhood school that's half a block away is no longer our school since the district reshuffled everything, that I spend yes. a lot of time in the car. Everything has changed for morning drop-off and afternoon pickup. Wait, let's clarify one thing. So from your front porch, you yes. can see AJ's and the boys' old school. Now, how much time do you spend 
in the morning and afternoon in the car. Okay. In the mornings, it is a full 45 minutes in the afternoon because of traffic and release times. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh my goodness. No wonder this has been such a transition. (laughs) Like I said, I haven't really recovered from it. You know, it's weird because like the afternoons are not that bad. I've tried to make the best of it. I pack a cooler with snacks and drinks and it's kind of nice. I pick the twins up first and they can unload all of their chitter chatter from the day. And then, I don't know, for some reason, the afternoons, even though we're actually in the van longer, is not as bad. But the mornings, I just, Emily, like... Well, you're in a rush to get out the door. Yeah. You're not in a rush to get home when you're oh, picking them wow. up. That's a pretty big difference. That's a good point. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Okay. And so also having a baby, which in the mornings prior to Nico being born, I just felt like I was a little bit more in control, but Nico is not on a super solid schedule yet. And speaking of solids, right. he is now eating solids, you know? So it's not just... Oh, I did not know yes. that. Yes. Okay. I mean, Nico's a big boy, you guys. He's a huge baby. He he's is. Wearing, yes. He's six months old and he's wearing 18-month clothes. Let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> so big so boy. So big boy likes to eat. So once yes. we started doing solids with him, he was like, where has this been all my life? Excuse me. <laughs> You've been withholding yes. the good stuff from I me. I need this and more of it. And so yes. like all of those things combined... Plus he wakes up at five o'clock pretty much on the dot every morning, which that's fine. I'm an early riser. I'm a morning person. I don't mind the early wake up time. It's just that I don't have any like buffer time. Like as soon as I wake up, I have to be in mom mode. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So needless to say, you know, we're talking about just feeling passive and feeling like things are happening to you might be a sign that you need to kind of be the boss in a situation. And that's very much how I've been feeling since school started. I've been feeling like, Mornings are just happening to me. And I'd really like to have a more, I don't know, more controlled morning and less, at least less chaotic morning. So I'm working on the mindset right now that I alone am the boss of what my mindset is in the morning. Am I going to be in a frenzy or am I going to do some prep work the night before? Am I going to do a better job of delegating some morning tasks to my other children who are not infants? who can help. I'm working on the mindset of I am the boss and the whole morning stuff, it falls to me. And instead of just like letting all of that happen to me, like really being like, okay, how can I lead in this situation? So that's the first thing is that mindset switch. One thing I know for sure I'm going to fire is my morning social media scroll. As much as I like to do that while I'm sipping coffee in the morning, (sighs) time just goes by so fast. It starts my mind spinning because I'll read I mean, even if I don't read something upsetting, it just, you know, like your mind just starts going a hundred, at least for me, my mind starts going a hundred different places because I'm seeing what this person's doing and, oh yeah, I've got to do this. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I wanted to say this about that. And I need to text this person. And just like, it just, ugh, it just snowballs. It snowballs. It totally does. Yeah. So for sure, I'm going to fire my social media scroll in the morning. Now, social media is part of my actual J-O-B job. This is a big deal. This is going to be hard for you, huh? It is. At first? So I'm not getting rid of social media altogether. That's for sure. Right. But right. In, can't do that. In that little sliver of time from the time we wake up until I finish morning drop off, I just need to not go there on social media. I don't know what else I'm going to fire yet, Emily. I got to think about it because I feel like there could be some other things. Probably I need to fire this belief that, especially that my girls need me to do things like get them out of bed in the morning and help them with getting their clothes ready and making their lunches. Like they're 12 and almost 15. 
wait, are you making their lunches? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, heavens. I did not know that. I'm trying really hard not to judge you right now. But I also know that you've never been good at delegation. I've never, ever, ever good at delegation. (laughs) (laughs) So that's okay. That idea that I have to do all of that, that they could easily do. I need to fire that, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I give you full permission to have the girls make their own sandwiches or whatever. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to really embrace that permission and move forward with that. Okay. Hiring wise. One thing that I would like to hire truly, truly is this idea of doing some more evening prep before. Yes. Kelly has talked about this on the show as she transitioned to working full-time as a producer for public radio in Minnesota. She's a self-confessed, fully admits, not a morning person. She's more of a night owl. But she's talked about the value of like doing as much as she can, prepping everything the evening before when she has that energy, and then her mornings go a little bit more smoothly. So I went to hire this idea of doing what I can for my own personal self, like literally laying out clothes and making sure that a big thing that I would like to do is get ready before I leave the house and not do drop off in in PJs and sneakers, like really getting ready for the day. And so focusing in not so much even on having the kids lay out their stuff, although maybe that's a thing that we need to start doing, but like prepping my own self for the day ahead and doing that the night Mm -hmm. before. So we shall see how that goes. Well, I will let you know, again, I am not Mm -hmm. judging you, but I will let you know that as someone who works full-time, I don't have kids, but I even get ready at night for the next day. Yeah. I make sure I have lunch. I usually do like salads from Trader Joe's. I make sure I pick out what lunch, which salad I'm going to eat the next day. Several years ago, I hired a dry cleaner. 90% of my work clothes go to the dry cleaner. So I don't have to worry about ironing. Oh, that's right. You've told me that. And I was like, whoa, seriously. And you were like, yes, ma'am. I do not do my own laundry when it comes to my work clothes. Huge game changer. My clothes last yeah. longer when I take them to the dry cleaners and then I don't have to worry about ironing in the middle of the week. And so now mm. I'll pick out my clothes the night before. I'll make sure that my computers and my laptops in my bag and the only person I have to get ready is yes. me. So, you know, that should give you a little bit of perspective that like even people on a smaller scale will do a lot of prep work the night before. And it is so helpful. That's so encouraging. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That actually really is encouraging. Yeah. So you can kind of be my accountability person. to see how that's going. Okay. Well, speaking (laughs) of accountability, I made for you all the awesomes, a very, very simple little printout that you can go and I'll link in the show notes. So it'll be hosted on our site. And it's just a little guide to this so that you can print it out now, or you could print it out as often as you need to. Maybe you want to work on changing something in the next month. Maybe you want to change something before April 1st or before June 1st, and you want to set some vision for yourself for the months ahead. Because again, we're talking about making some small changes that are going to make a big difference in your 2020, in the year ahead. So check the show notes for that, and you can go click over to our website. And again, it's just a very simple guide, but you could something you could tuck into your planner. You could tape it to your mirror, something that will just keep these things in front of you, that you are the boss of this situation you want to change, that you are going to make some firing decisions and you're going to make some really great hiring decisions too. So that is available for you guys. For anybody who wants to follow up and talk about any of this stuff, Emily, where can we find you all around the web? 
All right. I am on Instagram at Emily34331. And I'm also active in the Hangout group on Facebook. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Okay. If you want to find me on social media, I'm at Sorta Awesome Meg in all of the places. The show is on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. So you guys, happy 2020. Happy New Year. I cannot wait to see what the year has in store for all of us. Emily, again, thank you for taking the time to come and share all of these New Year inspiration thoughts with us. Oh, absolutely. It's been fun, just like always. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 